Are you gonna do? Are, do you want to do the intro? Who's doing the intro? Um. Knock knock. <laughs> That's the only intro. <laughs> Notorious for Perfect. my my Perfect. impressions. Perfect. I uh, it cracks me up every time when you do Just it. Just something about Zaffin, you know. <laughs> Zaffin is the coolest. And if you don't know where Zaffin is from, then you haven't listened to the topic of today's conversation, which is Brimstone Valley Mall. Sound produced by the Whisper Forge. Uh, same audio audio drama company? Production team? Studio? Question mark? I have no idea how podcasts work. We are running <laughs> one. But yeah, sound produced by the Whisper Forge. Written by... Are they, though? Wait, didn't they, like, go independent? This is unclear. This is a very recent thing. We can talk about that later. Season (laughs) 1. Season 1 was produced by The Whisper Forge, who you may know for making Caravan and Rogue Runners. Honestly, uh, the only only podcast fan work I tend to interact with now is BVM, Mm -hmm. EOS 10, Mabel... Mm-hmm. Um, Wolf three fifty nine, and I think that might be it. Oh, bright sessions! I still interact with bright sessions. Steering back to BVM because that that brought me to some some inklings. BVM is actually like being backed and like produced by a lot of people who were very integral to the early two thousand tens podcast cycle. I guess you could audio say audio drama scene. Yeah, the audio drama scene. The, like, Welcome to Night Vale, Wolf 359, the Bright Sessions. Ars Paradoxica, Paradoxica. which also features the creator of BVM, Kristen De Mercurio. Yeah, like, that was the the podcast scene that I wasn't really acquainted with. I I joined very late, as you may know. (laughs) No, I was the opposite, where I was aware of all these people Mm -hmm. because I was into um, Welcome to Night Vale when I was in high school. Mm. So all these names were not new names to me. I just hadn't listened to the podcast until like lockdown and I was like, "Oh, it's these people. Oh, they're all friends." <laughs> every every it's small circle. I'm pretty sure um the one of the hosts on Spirits podcast, which is another podcast yeah. I love dearly, also works on BVM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I think her name came up at some point. It's Julia Shafini. Yeah, Shafini. F- I'm... I think it's like a local scene thing. I think so, probably. Because don't some of them also go go to the same schools? Yeah, the stuff? British ones also have really small circles. Like you, I mean, they have the benefit of the fact that they're all under Rusty Quill for some reason. But... Well, no, some of some of them are. I I've heard more independent British podcasts mm. than American. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think it's I don't know like. Um, I I say that I haven't seen a lot of, but mostly I haven't seen Stess talk about a bunch of like um, horror productions that aren't under Rusty Quill. Like, not that Stess was into Magnus Archives for no. that long, but um, it, it just so happens a lot of them are under Rusty Quill. Yeah, right? I think um, you and Stess really bonded over this one. I think, yes, yeah. we did. This was this was one of the reasons you even got into my friend group as well. Yes. No, it was also our friend. Yeah, I mean, you got dragged into BVM, and then they dragged you into Redacted, and then somehow we met. (laughs) And (laughs) that the rest is history. And the rest is history. Yeah. No, it was really funny because I remember we met talking about BVM, and me and Stess were really into it. Mm -hmm. And I was like really shy around Stess because Stess is like a really cool person and i can say this because i've also met her in real life now wow wow um not like not to flex but you know <laughs> okay when this comes out this is gonna murder you oh i i am fully prepared for this to murder me we've mentioned her too many times in this episode but i remember i was really into bbm and I was talking with our, our friend B, mm. and we were like, let's make a little server. Because we, we oh, weren't God. seeing content for B. It's literally just me going, what about this? What about that? We made a server. Stas joined a server. And, and, and then Stas was like, oh, hey, I know another server with other 
Filipino podcast fans, you should join. And you should also listen to Redacted. And I was like, you know what? Sure, why not? But even though like like we were heavily invested in the Redacted podcast that shall not be named, BVM um, has always been at the top of my list for mm-hmm. like podcasts. Like, Which is probably. Yeah, no, it's unsurprising if you know anything about, like, everything else I watch in my life. I think it's just, like, the perfect (laughs) intersection of all your interests at the same time. It's even set in 1999, which is the same year The Matrix came out. Exactly. Like, it has the 90s culture of BNT. It's set in the year The Matrix came out. It's also about angels and demons. Angels and demons. There's it's, a it's there's just, a band in it. Um, it's just snarky enough to be, give like the good place. Energy. And then there's a overall mystery in the middle of the thing, and yes. it's also about friends who and have family. Yeah, who have really complicated relationships. Wow, Gab. <laughs> it seems like this thing was like a match made in heaven for you. No, but yeah, it was strange because the way I found BPM because. We're obviously going to go into like how how you found it, which mm. again is not that different from the other things that yes. I choose to cover and that I go, SJ. You have to try SJ, this. SJ, listen to me. <laughs> I'm like a parent giving the child vegetables, going, try it. You might like it. <laughs> Come on, open the mouth. In comes the airplane. <laughs> It's so obvious you've never interacted with children before. It's hilarious. <laughs> Have a free sample. It's literally wrong. I got into BVM because I had just gotten into college. Mm-hmm. And when you're in art school, there's a lot of t- time when you're drawing. And you're not really talking to people because everyone's focused on their work. And so that's when I got back into audio dramas. Because that's when I finished... Because I stopped Bright Sessions. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't done yet. And then I came back to it when it was finished. So I was like... Uh, so I was listening to Bright Sessions and I was like... Subscribe to this um, podcast audio drama newsletter that was called The Bellow Collective. Mm-hmm. Where they would like round up different audio dramas that had like come out that month. And I remember seeing like... Oh, Brimstone Valley Mob. There's, uh, it's just, this is interesting. They're demons in a mall. Their lead singer is missing. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'll give this a try. And I was like, Oh, I am on board. I am <laughs> on board. And I think I listened to it when it was coming out, up until the the mid season, and then I stopped. I don't remember why. I think I just got really busy with school, mm-hmm. and then I came back start of the lockdown and I was like oh it's done let me let me binge through it again and again and, and again. again it's a fun show it's it like, is it's such a fun show to listen to it's also a fun show to act in I think it's one of the only podcasts my sister has managed to sit through without complaining about me listening to it without headphones on Oh wow! Yeah, because when we were when I was still listening to Redacted, she wanted me to get my headphones on because the characters were annoying, <laughs> which honestly so true. But when oh we were listening to BVM, she I guess she picked up on the fact that it's supposed to be nonsensical humor, so she was just like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is happening?" But like positive <laughs> you know which is a rare thing it's, i think there's something about like even my sister even my sister does not mind bvm as much as she minded uh the podcast that <laughs> be named because she was like again you're listening to that again she's like are you listening to the podcast about the demons in the mall <laughs> and i'm like yes yes i am yes i think it's really funny in that my parents have gotten used to the fact that i'm just always gonna watch media that somehow has demons in them (laughs) i think i don't even know where my interest picked up on like demonology i guess not specifically just you know i oh wait yeah i think it was around the time i was into good omens so maybe like 2019 so when when Mm -hmm. i started listening to bbm um, after 
you and Steph started making fan art for it, I was just like, okay, let's try this out. And then, like, I binged through it because I was, like, drawing, I think, just for fun, because I like to be busy. So, like, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> while I was listening to it, I was just like, wow, okay, I, I get it. Like, I, I picked up on the little little references, the little tweaks that they made, because, you know, usually they're I, stereotypes and stuff. I um, really love, that's, like, a little detail that I really love about the podcast, is the, the way they changed the names yeah. of, like, the, the stores that make it go to <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> the, there are just some jokes in there that are so self-indulgent that I know they're I, not even I, supposed to be in the final draft but they're still there because like of like through but, sheer force of will and it's, <laughs> I, I just I love it it's, the, it's like it's the me it's the me tube it's the what is it the Shalom Depot <laughs> Shalom Depot I that, one, that one crack me up for no reason good lord it, it's it's so funny <laughs> like Genuinely, the the mall announcements are yeah. so funny to listen to. The the amount of like deadpan humor is just very very funny, and the... everyone is so good. Yeah, I think it's it's it. This is the thing with like all of the media that you like, is that <laughs> a lot of a lot of the humor is just like absurdist, but like every single actor in the scene plays it so straight. It's playing it straight. Yeah. That you just end up, like, thinking, what the fuck is happening? I think that's just a, su- a good summary of my personality. Yeah. Sometimes I go through life, and I'm like, this is... Why? Why is this... Why? This is ridiculous. I'm still gonna do it, but this is... This is... Life, Which explains life is absurd, and it's funny. It, yes, it does. <laughs> It's also the reason that I'm so fond of The Good Place. It it has that vibe. It's like the saying the alarming things in the most calm tone possible. <laughs> this is like when I set my hair on fire in church. That's my attitude through most of my life. You know what? This, this might as well happen, you know? <laughs> this is the cherry on top. You know, this this happened the other day, and then that thing happened the other day. What else was I expecting out of my life other than weird coincidences that could only be funny to an outside observer? I think that's that's okay. actually what my sister hates about me, is that I go with the flow most of the time. The worst example would probably be like when everyone's really mad during traffic. It's like road rage, Oh no! Um, but it's like oh, contagious no. road rage. But I'm, like, the only person who is calm inside the car, and I'm just like, just let him through. If if we try and <laughs> cause the accident, I don't think he'd be really fond of that. And I don't think you'd be fond of that. And then, like, and then someone grazes our car, and I'm just like, well, that's a sign that we're using it. It's not, it's not a big deal. At least we know we're using our car. <laughs> Please don't mind the fact that we just got our car scratched. It's fine. And she's just like, I hate why, like, I hate the fact that you're so fucking calm about this. Like, what else do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the key difference of you. You're just calm, and I'm just resigned that this is happening. (laughs) Going back to the podcast we're supposed to be talking about. (laughs) We're not even sorry about this. (laughs) I... It's because we go in different tangents. We're it, It's been 30 minutes of tangents, I think. But, like, I think the most fun I've had... Well, not maybe the most fun, but one of the best times I've had was doing the drunken live Oh, my God. Of little sitting monster machines exactly. with all our Filipino podcast friends. And I was very, very drunk. <laughs> you know what? I was method acting. <laughs> Yeah, when you started hiccuping, and then it started for real. Well, to be fair, I did drink like half the bottle of vodka with Yakult and Mountain Chew, so... Oh my god, drink responsibly, I remember... (laughs) Please drink responsibly, I don't do that a lot. It was literally just... It was a fun script to read while drunk. (laughs) It was, it was. 
I and everyone did so yeah. good. Stess is um. I knew I couldn't trust the goth. <laughs> <laughs> Memorable. Yes, so good. The you know, hard part for me was that I was playing like two different sides of the coin, in that yes, I you had. Yeah, I was, I, I was doing Ms. Rock's voice and Zaffin's voice. And you were doing Zaffin. And then and I was doing the teens, too. And weirdly enough, your Zaffin was just really yeah, good. Yeah, it was spot on. I'm kind of terrified. I'm not going to lie. Which is, which is so funny because you could not be further from Zaffin. I mean, we were both into the babysitter's game. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm surprised we've... We've gotten 39 minutes in, and I have not mentioned Trent. It's fine. We can keep going without mentioning Trent. <laughs> but I love Trent. <laughs> I know. I love that guy. I love that little hot topic guy. It's sad that, that I. It's sad that I'm saying this, knowing that I'm gonna get tagged as a Miss Rockin for saying, "Please, let's just continue not talking about Trent, no, the guy from Hot Topic." I want to talk about Trent. <laughs> But he's so nice. <laughs> okay, Azrise. <laughs> it's really strange that you got really attached to Ms. Rock, and somehow, when mm-hmm. I'm talking to different people, I either get assigned as Rise Belzegor or Trent, depending on the yes. day. It's because it's like it's your purview. There, you are in the middle of that Venn diagram. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it's. Um, the slut, the bisexual, and the, the fucking himbo. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, that's such a call out. Slut in theory, not in practice. <laughs> I think we've already established this from the Mamma Mia episode. It's that's, fine. That, that's, right? that's true. So, one of the things, besides mm-hmm. every other thing I've mentioned about why I love Brimstone Valley Mall, is how big the, the relationships of friendships are. In this so show, true. like yes, there is a romance between mm-hmm. Asmo and Trent, but it's not like the central story arc. The central story arc of the show is really like these weird demon guys just trying to figure <laughs> out Earth and how they fit into Earth, and maybe they actually like Earth. Slowly realizing they're actually human sympathizers. Yes, but they think actually- it's cringe to be. Human sympathizers. Me at the mall rats. You you can be cringe, and you are. That's free. why. That's why they're goths, not punk. Because if they were that's punk, true. they'd be embracing the cringe. That's true. That's the difference. <laughs> that's that's very true. So I think categorically, the teens are actually punk, not goth. They can be both. I Gunk. think they can. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Tag yourselves, guys. Are you gunk so or poth? The goth, the goth teens are actually homophobic, but also <laughs> no, they were actually They're kind of homophobic. <laughs> I mean, I That's like it true. because no, no, I hate it when like when you do what's it guiltless nostalgia porn. I hate it when people do that. It's it's why I kind of don't like Stranger Things. So when That's when they fair. did some some just a little bit of like ignorant, slightly homophobic language in there, I was just like, okay, yeah, I can respect that. <laughs> I dig that. I do love the charmed reference to like the one who has no bra. I'm not wearing a bra, and I'm not a lesbian. Okay. <laughs> are I mean, are you, maybe I don't know. You never know. They're teens. They're figuring life out. No straight person would want to be a demon. <laughs> no. That's just not heterosexual <laughs> activity. I say this, and now <laughs> I, I hate that when I think about demons because of what I've been watching I recently, know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I know. Good. But yeah, even the like teens have like this weird little friendship going on where you're just like you're. I remember being a teen. Whenever I listen to their conversations, I'm like slingshotted back into being 14 years old and having conversations like this. Like, what if ghosts are real? Wouldn't it be cool to try and summon one? No, no, it would not. 
I think the, do the funny one about that is like trainee just full on bringing a knife. knife. It was just like, I just want to meet a demon. Oh my gosh, let's just do it. She's, she is prepared. <laughs> she's committed. Down bad. <laughs> she's committed. She's committed to being goth. <laughs> it's very goth to have a giant knife. <laughs> But it's it's it. That's another thing that reminds me of Good Omens because you've got like the slightly more adult group of otherworldly beings, and then you've got the human teens, <laughs> the the actual children that are involved in this. The actual children that have somehow summoned eldritch horrors. Oh man, I don't remember it's who just... was doing that impression of Kronk in that one episode. Oh my god! It was it was the same. I little, I know what you're yeah, talking about. I'm just the the Kronk impression was so spot on. It was actually terrifying. Look it up. But but genuinely, one of my like two of my favorite relationships that come about in the show is between Belzegor. Well, not come about, but like develop throughout the shows. Belzegor and Miss Rock, mm. and also Trainee and Miss Rock. So true. Also Asmo and Miss Rock. So Miss Rock is kind of like in the center, but. They don't know it. Yeah, they're 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 in the state of they. No one likes me, <laughs> but in reality, ilag ilag. You're just. Ilag, 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 ilag. <laughs> oh, am I calling you out? It's my turn. Yes. <laughs> ilag, ilag, ilag. <laughs> but in reality, it's just that they're grumpy, but everyone likes their company. Mm-hmm. You're being very quiet right now. I'm trying to look up what the cast list was on that episode because it's disturbing me now. But yeah, like the relationship between Trainee and Miss Rock, where it's like begrudging respect and I don't want you to die or leave. I think the fun little bit of um, foreshadowing in all of, in all of this, I guess is um the fact that everyone knows that Y2K was just a scare and never actually happened. So like throughout yes. this entire series um as as a listener you're kind of aware that whatever the demons are planning at Y2K like New Year's nothing. Eve to New Year's morning nothing actually will happen. <laughs> and when you realize that you just go yeah. okay so what the fuck is about to happen now? <laughs> and I I love I guess and that's I sh- I assume where they're going with season two. Yeah, I think what I don't like with like fans just like wholesale comparing this to Good Omens is that they usually say it in the way that um they mean Aziraphale and Crowley, and not even the fact that. Um, everything that happens in the show is in one way or another the 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 reason that it's happening is because someone fucked up along the way <laughs> and yeah. no one actually knows what they're doing and everyone keeps saying that it's all happening for a reason but it's really it's not it's ineffable yeah <laughs> they keep saying That's like the... they keep saying it's it's like god moving in mysterious ways in in is it's it's the great plan yeah. it's the ineffable plan in in the podcast at the very least they think that hornbloss is actually making actions towards you know meeting up with them yeah when really uh <laughs> Uh, it's just—it's just a group of teens stealing his identity. <laughs> yep, and running off. To and the they hole. were so excited because they're like, "It's happening, guys! Hornblast is gonna meet us at the for the concert." And then they get there and they're like, "You know, we assumed." And the teens are like, "Yeah, we just assumed Hornblast's identity." <laughs> I think the funniest like, thing with what? that scene is just Zaffin. Like dragging trainee towards the dragging. stage, <laughs> just full on like carrying her. <laughs> and we know Zaff and his giant gigantic biceps. arms. She literally Big is arms. the female himbo. It's not even the bimbo. The bimbo's, you know, the himbo. Yeah, she's literally yeah, a female no, the himbo. himbo. And what's what I really like about their whole thing of like. You know, you can't even really say that they're found family because the entire time they're not really aware that it's happening at all. And, like, no one's making a conscious effort of, like, keeping them all together. At some point... They're just sticking together. Yeah. And, like, what what I really liked about that is that 
of all of them, I think Asmarais is the least attached to her as as much as he is the person who kind of like is yeah he's only he's the only person who actually respects her as a person like her agency of all of them i think belzegor and like mizrock didn't even think they were gonna get attached to her until you know she was like weirdly um she really vulnerable cooking yeah she was really Really, vulnerable towards them and they were like oh i Wow, uh, it's been years of me repressing my own emotions, and now someone is being open with me. This is scary. This is disgusting. And that's also <laughs> why Mizrock and Belzegor are friends. They're peas in the same pod. <laughs> Literally, that's why when when Mizrock at the end was just like, you know, Belzegor, you're my best friend. She's like, okay. Oh God, I love that. <laughs> awkwardly puts the headphones back on but um i i guess it is kind of a deliberate thing i don't know what's gonna happen in season two but i do know that like getting zaffin involved was like a big thing in making sure every single person in that band was just like developing past their their weirdness because you see them (laughs) You see them in episode one, and they're kind of stereotypes. Like, Mizrock, they're the grumpy one. Yeah. Asmo is this lust demon. Mm-hmm. Belzegor is kind of, like, this cool girl. And then as, like, the show develops, you, you, you like, see Bells get so, like, enthusiastic about her inventions. She's, like, slowly this, you realize she's actually really just some, some guy. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Also kind of a nerd. Yeah. Like, she's read all the babysit- babysitters again. She's actually, of all of them, she's actually the most emotionally, like, with her, fr- that's, <laughs> this. it's an Asianism. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's very closed off with the people she's very close to, but to other people, she just, like, empathizes very quickly. Except for, Ooh, except for Ilag. Yeah, Ilag, Ilag. Because um, <laughs> there's that scene where, you know, like, that one person in Gadget Hut was just, like, trying to buy a, f- a cell phone and she was just like, oh, oh do, you wanna, do you want your mom to keep calling you every day? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, of the other demons, she's literally the only person who actually connects to them emotionally. To, yeah. to people and she she hates having to admit that cringe part of her of like being a human sympathizer when yes in reality she literally is she's literally making inventions for humans yeah we haven't talked that much about asmarias uh asmarias i you know what i, I think it's really fun when trent comes in because he's just so sincere yeah and Asmarais is a kind of like demon who just flirts. Mm. He's flirting. He's flirting, and then and then Trent can just I think say of the both of them. Like, man, Asmarais is a character I didn't really get to like. Um, I'm assuming they're gonna do it in the second season because oh, them like I hope so. Asmo and Safin didn't really get much of like too much they, limelight. They... I guess you could say they they had more of like the training montage. Yeah, and but they're like, competitive with one another. I mean, I I say they don't really get much of the limelight, but like Zaffin was kind of in the middle of the things. Like she was in the thick of it because she's supposed to be quote unquote Horn lost as a replacement, but she can't replace another person. As Marias, as like as a person in this is in this band, kind of just like hangs back the entire time, even though you'd expect from a from a lust demon, at the very least, he'd be the most sociable. And he kind of is. Like, he knows everyone. He has history with every single one of it, them. It's because he's he's the one who's the most afraid of emotional vulnerability. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that he hasn't spent as much time with Zaffin. Mm. I think the funny thing about him and, and Trent, their relationship specifically, like, in hindsight, of course, from the, from the, like, from the end looking back, you do realize that um, this angel guy is as much of a freak as this e- this demon was in oh, the sheets, yes. specifically Definitely. in the sheets, and he comes off Definitely. as yeah, and this is like the guy who wears three polo shirts when he's having a good well, day. I love him. It's not even that 
him and Trent are like opposites. It's that they're foils as it's characters. It's not. Yeah. It's it's the... not just that. I think it's the way that they're just they're just weird enough that they get each other's <laughs> weird. No, no, they kind of literally are their each other's foils because like there's this emotionally closed off guy who you'd assume is kind of like common for him because he's a lust demon. You know, he sleeps with people as yeah, his job. Yeah. So you'd expect like emotions take the backseat in this regard. And then you have Trent who is well, just so earnest. Yeah, he he matches he matches the horny level, but like at the same time, this guy is just incredibly sincere with him. So it's like, In- it, like it's it's not even it's not even the fact that you you would expect that Trent would fall for anyone who who he had who he, yeah, who he would sleep with. At the very least, it's just that they kind of connected in some level, but I think there is some intrigue there because I think Trent knew the entire time that they were demons. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, I think he's like one of those baby angels. Yeah, he's he's new to his post on Earth, like Zaphon is. I think so. Yeah, but I think because he's so new to it that he thinks everyone kind of just already knows from the get-go like it's fairly obvious he's one of those guys who is out but it's not like he thinks it's an open secret and then someone goes and assumes that he's straight and he realizes oh i never came out to you it's that that tumblr post that's like why do i have to come out if you if you're still thinking i'm straight that's on you exactly well not not as confrontational as that but like you know yes. he, he's just that kind of guy like who wears three fucking polo shirts <laughs> I swear to God. but like at the same time and, you know? wh- which was my theory about the three polo shirts i was like is he like compressing his wings is that why there's three yeah <laughs> he doesn't know how to do they not have human skins like demons do i don't know that's that's what i'm excited to see in the <laughs> second season if they get into that because so i remember when they were mentioning like the wings i was like wait is that why he's wearing three polos but didn't they have sex already you would assume he'd have taken them off i d- did he you know what <laughs> i g- or something exactly so he'd have taken them off right that's <laughs> just thinking. the three polo shirts stay on during sex oh my god yeah, oh my god I'm, i actually have tears in my eyes i like that i like that little um i guess that little weird quirk about his character is that he's sincere but like in public he's prudish but he's yeah. an actual literal freak in the sheets that he like satisfied I, I, an, I a that. fucking lust demon. Lust demon. <laughs> he satisfied a lust demon so much that Asmo went back. Exactly. To look for more. Outwardly, he's like just the nicest guy around. And then you meet his boyfriend, who is a literal lust demon, and you go, huh? Okay, and I'm I'm saying this because I did say that. Asmarais didn't really have much of a of a kind of spotlight in this one. I think the most he gets to talk is when he they were trying to look for in like oh my god every his single location. Yeah, his little podcast in a podcast moment. But um, I think his whole like thing with Trent has to be like compared to whatever the fuck happened between him and Miss Rock. It's so. Oh my god. Though with like with the resentment between them, I do think that it was Miss Rock who broke up. <laughs> oh definitely. And That's my theory as specifically, well. Specifically, I think and this is where the the weird like contentions start growing, like popping up, because it does seem like Admirize was willing to keep it going. Um, yeah, because he, 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 he's the one who shows up naked under the apron. Yeah, and so he's not really afraid of commitment. because <laughs> This is a guy who is a lust demon. I, I don't think he's afraid of commitment. Um, Vulnerability-wise, oh, Miss yeah. Rock is a lot oh, yeah. more repressed. So I don't think yes. it's that either. So, so 
so why there's something what there. the fuck is happening <laughs> well we'll see we'll see we don't know if it'll be in the second season i want to put it under a microscope that, i want to put it under a microscope so bad i i need a scene where it's trent miss rock and Asma. oh terrifying I think it's fine within the next season. I think it'll be fine within the next season. Because, like, the only reason Ms. Rock even started being a little um, snarky with with Asmarius in the last season was specifically because he had, like, his insecurities. You know know when he goes off about the the conquest that he has. Then they they just go, okay, I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about this. Um, and, like, the only reason I would understand for them to be like that is just because they don't like it when they're being compared with other people, you know? Ooh. Which is, you know, <laughs> the whole thing with, like, with Hornbloss and Miss Rock. Hornbloss and Miss Rock, yeah. And to the point where, like, Ooh, his, his, resi- yeah, his resentments mostly just involve going into, like, I can't be that for, for you. And and that's the conversation that Asmo and Misrock have on the bus. Like, we don't need you to be horned. The plus. thing is, and that's why he's in customer service. You get it? You know, he's he's Yes. They, yeah. They Oh my god. Yeah, they they there there's a part of their like personality that just really wants to serve. But this is mm. we're putting this in the least sexual way possible. But but like there there is just oh part god. of their personality just wants to like give to people what they yeah. think they want and like they can only give what they can. This is the only thing mm-hmm. they can give within their ability. That's why it frustrates them in like during the the whole um Syncoin match, <laughs> the little competition that they yes. have with Zaffin. Um, it it really rankles them when they realize that their ways they're out of touch. Yeah, they're kind of out of touch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> out of touch. <laughs> um, they don't they they don't know how to do things um the way other demons do, and that frustrates them because their limitations make. Ilag it. Estre. I'm Ilag not. Estre. I can't. I can't dodge when I'm the one throwing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they try to like circumvent that by the like before they get to hell um with um yeah. with Zaffin going I like the stuff your that cooking. you do. I like your cooking. I like the cooking. You're really like good at cooking. What you're better. doing. I think th- that that episode where they just realized that you know some people will hate the things that you're doing and some people will love it and sometimes you just have to like shrink your talent pool i guess you could say your your little subject pool of like these these are the only people i should be serving because they're the ones who will appreciate that i'm making yeah or what i'm giving them in in a way it's also what what mall rat as a whole is yeah like not everyone's gonna get like what what mall rats deal is as a band that's why they're the opening act because they're the smaller band compared to the reckoning. Because <laughs> not not everyone gets their whole deal yet. Yeah, they're they're the indie and band. <laughs> they're the indie band. Oh my god, I was a fan of Mallrat before they were cool. <laughs> when are they ever gonna be cool? <laughs> Jesus no, Christ! No, never. They're always gonna be a little niche, and they have to be happy with that. Yeah. And I think it's just finding the joy and the nicheness of it, because then you have like the little moments of like the sin. Oh my gosh! Just like in Bill and Ted. Oh. They gotta find oh, the people and, that appreciate and, their music. Oh my gosh! Oh We've my connected gosh! It. <laughs> You've connected the dots. We've actually connected. And also in Mamma Mia. Exactly. The joys. The joys of like. People going, why don't you want to live this grand life? Well, you don't get why I don't want to live this grand life. Because <laughs> you don't get me. So what? Wow. We've connected the I've dots. I've connected the dots. I've actually connected all the You've things that the you like in, in one sense. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's um people realizing that Wh- what they give should be enough for the people that they love. And that's it. <laughs> I'm not looking at that too closely. <laughs> 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 
Ilag. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm just kind of excited for the next season. I'm still waiting for the merch. I feel like I am. S- oh my god. When the merch drops, I'm gonna be there. PayPal and hand. Oh right, because we put a pin on this. I do think we do need to talk about the fact that um, Whisper Forge. Um, is not their pr- sound company Producer. anymore. Yeah, they're not. They're not producing yeah, yeah. BVM anymore. I'm pretty sure, or so I think I'm, that's what I understand from it. Oh, good I, lord! I'm pretty sure that's also why the season is taking longer, which I don't mind. I just I'm, I'm very excited, but I don't mind waiting because I know it's gonna be good. There's also something really funny as a kid who was born in 2001. But somehow, because it's 1999, hello? the references are... are Elliot hello. Gindy is voicing a character in Genshin Impact? <laughs> what? Hello? <laughs> Breaking news! <laughs> this intersects with SJ's interests now. <laughs> Who? Tainari. <laughs> oh my god. Holy you, shit, Elliot, I literally me? I literally opened the BVM Twitter and I was just like scrolling and I was like why the fuck is there a Genshin post? <laughs> Good for you, Elliot Gibby. Go get that Genshin bag. Actually, BVM is probably the only po- well, it's the first podcast I had solid character designs for. Like, just in my brain immediately. It's probably the first well, no, because Welcome to Night Vale was a thing. Mm-hmm. But in recent years, uh, I think BVM was my first like venture into making podcast art, and I made a shit ton really quickly because I just had the brain worms. And I would like to thank whoever is running the Brimstone Valley Mall social media for putting up with me tagging you all the fucking time. I just really love the show. I think show. they appreciate it. I mean, they did have that little um. That little gag, the the fan art that they got from Damien. <laughs> oh my god, exposure! You know what? As like a baby artist on the internet, I say even though I've been on the internet since I was twelve, I don't mind exposure. Well, for the for the, this part of the podcast, they'll have some lovely um, Philippine rain ASMR. Okay, here we go. I found it. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is a a, tw- uh, a long, long thread from Misha Stanton. It's an overwhelming combination of heartbreak and relief after four years making podcasts under this banner. I can announce that as of today, I am no longer a member of the Whisper Forge. This is April 22, 2021. And this is just them saying that they want to move on from this. I think I saw something from the creator of... Hey, this is Editing SJ. I just wanted to add on. I did end up finding where we found the tweets about a bunch of people leaving the Whisper Forge around the same time, April 22nd, 2021. The Whisper Forge actually tweeted out Misha Stanton, Julian Mundy, uh, Julia Shafini, and shows Star Tripper and Brimstone Valley Mall. I just wanted to add that in there because we couldn't find it in the time that we were recording and honestly it it was driving me nuts that, that there's your announcement but yeah the shouted love or like confession i think about it all the time because the way that um marcus wolf roberts acted that just like the emotional vulnerability in his voice i was like damn damn okay <laughs> Really getting emotional over some waveform. I think that's all audio dramas at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. I think it just speaks to the power of audio drama, the way it, it, it's such like an interesting medium to tell stories in, and how like overly emotional you can get when you're just like hearing someone's voice. I think this is just the me thing. I did. I like not a lot of um, Trentmo. I guess that's is that their ship name. I don't remember. Not a lot of Trasmo. 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 Not a lot of their ship actually resonated with me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Trasmo. Maybe it's just uh, man. I don't even know. I just I just didn't kind of like. I I'm. It's it's the it's the arrow in me. I think. 
I see. I'm not. That's very fair. I I don't understand the infatuation at first sight, and then like it suddenly spiraling into oh no, I'm suddenly attached. Um, I guess if they explore it within the next season from Trent's side, I would understand it more. But right now, I am hoping they do more Hornblots in the next season. Since um yes um, Hornblos is kind I of just like uh Hornblos is kind of like the god in this <laughs> in this season. Hornblos has become Catholic. No, it it's just like you know how in Good Omens they all mention God, but God is never a character in there. Yeah. yeah until like un- yeah. unless it's like in passing as a joke, which also happens in this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yep. it just he just feels like. At some point, he he could become some like Deus Ex Machina character, which I'm kind of scared of. Deus Ex Hornblast. <laughs> Hornblast Ex Machina, technically, but yeah. Oh, that's true. I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to hearing about Hornblast on Hornblast's terms. Yeah, because we've only seen him via the the little recordings that bells has and the voicemail because the way they talk about it and it's interesting that he it's it's interesting interesting that he's the one who greets you at the start of the the, the theme yeah. song the the way they talk about him in like in the entire season kind of just feels a little posthumous you know it just feels like he's already dead and they're just like trying yeah, to get over the whole thing and like working around like the slot that like the slot that is empty in the middle of their entire like f- band so it just it feels yeah. <laughs> he's the hole in the middle of the cd <laughs> oh younger generations will never understand him... <laughs> i think that's what makes him interesting and i always i keep thinking whenever i really listen to the season mm-hmm. that last voicemail he leaves is so like uncertain yeah. in tone a lot of a lot of the theories surrounding it is just you know people thinking that maybe he ascended <laughs> which is can you do that if you're already a demon in this world is technically because that's okay and this so, is where so, i go into so my good woman thing wouldn't, is that wouldn't that be like a reverse lucifer kind of well no Think about it, right? This this whole this is the demonology. This is how I got into way too way too into um Gromans is the whole like um the demonology bit is that um the reason the demons revolted revolted I guess in heaven is just because that God favored humans more than than they Oh yeah, no, that that's how I was about to say something very embarrassing and I'm like I'm stopping myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know this because you watch Supernatural. So you, you, you understand the whole dynamic of like um, yeah. demons having some kind of envy towards humans and kind of just like hating them on principle and making sure that they don't attain heaven through easy means. It, it's it they, They're making it so getting to heaven is like a, an uphill battle, basically. The road to hell You're is paving good. You're running up that hill. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Before Stranger Things I know. Like, put Kate Bush ever there, I just really love that I know. song, so I'm not gonna apologize for bringing it up. I, I love that song, and I just hate that it's everywhere now. Right. This is what- what was the theory about Hornblast? Yeah, the theory was about Hornblast ascending, specifically because um, there are angels in the back room of Hot Topic, um, and his replacement in the Hot Topic there. is an angel. So everyone's just like, oh, he's colluding with the angels. The guy who's supposed to summon all the demons in one place is colluding with the the angels. And the only reason they would have for that is, um, you know, especially considering the reputation of, well, the history of Malrat is just literally every single one of them is a closeted human sympathizer. Human sympathizer. So like all four, well, all five of them really kind of have a capacity within them of like getting to ascend which i i do hate the more oh, good lord the the rain is just going now <laughs> i know oh my god um 
But yeah, I, I do hate the moralistic idea of that, like, all of them going to ascend. I, I love the fact that they're all demons, but, like, inherently... Aren't they, though? Inherently, all Aren't... angels and demons things are kind of a little too Christian to not, like, relate <laughs> to morals at that point. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're literally called sin yeah, coins. exactly. And, like, I get that hell being equated to, like, bureaucracy is kind of kind of an angle that they can take i guess there's there's a little bit of capitalism involved in there because it's like it's 90s you gotta earn yeah 90s america your way as well (laughs) you know what there's a weird amount of 90s movies involving hell that have like capitalistic themes like another one that I can think of, <laughs> which it's almost um, as if let's, everyone let's not hates read it. it. The fact that it also involves Keanu Reeves is fucking devil's advocate. <laughs> oh my god! It's almost as if it's hellish, and we should abolish just... it. I remember um, in an episode of well, you've said it now. In an episode of Supernatural, hell is literally just a long line, mm-hmm. which is horrible, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> you standing in line in hell, like, well, this might as well happen. <laughs> Standing in line in hell is like um, lining up to vote on election oh, day. Oh, good lord! You know you'll you, you know at some point you'll probably lose, but good lord, you will do good it in lord. A, anyway. Just line up. <laughs> you will get an elbow in your ribs at one point in the day. I think that's just Manila. <laughs> I'm not well, gonna lie. <laughs> I think that's just you being in Manila. That's true. It might be. The it's case. something I've talked to my sister about a lot recently. Is some some things that are made with um, continuing something that has already been established from start to end, um, specifically because the studios ask you to, just feels a little less sincere. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. It's it's what happened with Star Wars, like the new trilogy. It's why the new trilogy is just horrible. Mm. For studio profit, that's my issue with um getting excited for Marvel things yeah. right now because it's just there's something about like the recent Marvel projects that there's not as much like heart. You know, there's a reason why characters like Loki and Bucky and um Black Panther uh, and are are like s- still so popular and why people don't necessarily talk about some of the newer characters and that's cuz there's a part of the Marvel formula that just took over and just became formula and the heart of it is kind of diminishing the more and more they like churn out like these giant phase 5 phase 6 I'm like can you just like calm down <laughs> I haven't even seen I haven't finished Moon Knight and I haven't finished Miss Marvel. I'm just like, I'm just like really tired. I can't sit through like another ten episode thing for a character who might show up for five seconds in one other movie. Like it's 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 like the fatigue is real because a Marvel movie used to be like an event. It would happen like once a year. Mm-hmm. It's like a Star Wars. It was like a Star Wars. <laughs> you would go. People will talk about it. And now it's just like... This is just reminding me. If, if this is starting to sound like um, Mani Pacquiao matches like once a year, it would happen like oh my God. in the middle of May. <laughs> I, I remember this specifically. It's a Sunday. Yeah. It's a Sunday. All the roads are clear. Yeah. Everyone is watching. You go to the parking. You park in the parking lot. All the drivers, all the manos are watching in the driver's lounge. Yeah. Every single like public TV is turned into the Mani Pacquiao boxing match exactly and then like um the the match is over and then someone looks it up on on youtube and it's still going on youtube (laughs) the lag is real it's hilarious but that was like that was the energy that they had initially that that's also kind of like the same energy that they had when like um seasons of game of thrones were coming out um people were in bars like watching HBO at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Definitely. viewings for it, but like now it's, it's, just, it's like, just like it's a thing. It's just because the the content is just coming at such like a fast pace at the expense of all the workers on who are working on the content. I don't. Y- y'all I think don't even. They're not working overtime. I don't even think it's because of that. 
I mean, okay, you'd watch maybe like a few Marvel movies. They have some teasers at the end, but like the thing with those movies when they were still events, events, and not even just like you know um, something that you just mm-hmm. watch when you turn on the TV. The thing with those movies back then were just like you didn't expect them to actually make those movies they were teasing in the end. There's there's a there's still like a reasonable. It's doubt just like in a you little, that they'd actually like end a, up making It's just like a little it. wink. Yeah, but like now that they've they have entire plans and they're publicizing it, um, people are coming in with expectations for this film, and now they have the benefit of getting those expectations squashed down specifically because these are movies made for the mass market, not for the comic book niche, and I actually that's the thing that interests me with like more general indie productions is um i guess it's because like indie productions have the heart and they understand that the efforts that were put into these productions weren't actually um guaranteed to begin with and the fact that it was made at all was kind of like its own miracle, miracle. yeah it's its own miracle yeah. and the fact that it went from start to end that it they actually got to the end of these projects it's it's amazing and you got a really good story out of it. And that's that's a good thing for indie productions. But when you're backed by an entire fucking conglomerate and they keep forcing yeah. you to make more of it even though there's nothing more you can milk out of that, that's that's when it starts lagging behind. That's Philippine television. <laughs> that's the provin- yeah, that's that's, provinciano. That's ang provinciano. It's ending. It's ending. Wait, wait. Yes. Yes. My dad was talking about it at dinner. I think last night or something and he was like did you know Ang Provinciano's ending oh my god finally so is there anything else we have to say on the topic of Brimstone Valley Mall (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why we're so surprised when we're recording while I'm sick and you're kind of like trying to take a break from your hellish hellish schedule (laughs) yes to come out when Please announce. Yes. Please announce soon. Se- season two come out when. Um, also hire staff. Hire Gab for merch. Um, we need it. Oh my god. <laughs> we need it. It will not detract from you know our what? episodes. It, this is a once a month. I I did remember. That's one of the one of the only cliffhangers I was truly stressed that out about was at the end of what Y2K, and I was like, wait. <laughs> As always, Gab hates cliffhangers. I hate them. I want to know. I was like, wait, fuck. I love cliffhangers. I also love when they're like thematically just like, they they lead up to it and I expect it the entire time and I'm just like, okay, yeah, they're, I, they're not going to be doing this. I, here's the thing. I like, like a, a poor trusting cow. <laughs> being led to the slaughter I just happily accept the story well this may as well happen <laughs> just like a, like a poor unsuspecting cow being led to slaughter I'm just like la 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 I'm enjoying the story what do you mean there's one minute left what do you mean an explosion happens you mean I have what to do you stand mean I have in to wait line for in season hell <laughs> well I wait for the second season to come out season but they yes, were recording, this, I remember. That was a yes, that was they a are recording. I'm very excited. Right? Yes, yes, they're recording now, or, or at least I think maybe they're in post production. I don't know when when the announcement comes. I will be yelling. <laughs> it will be sent to all the GCs oh, as always. Probably retweeted on multiple accounts because <laughs> I'm very excited. I have a lot of excitement about a lot of things. I wish I had that enthusiasm. <laughs> if for some reason, for some reason, this reaches the the makers, the creators, we'll be we'll be of Brimstone we'll Valley. Be promoting. Well, I hope they do. I know we I I know we'll be promoting, but I am just want to say thank you for the show. I love it very much. <laughs> it's very dear to my heart. Obviously, <laughs> I'm sorry that I've ta- we have talked about it for two hours. What now. what's it? two hours now oh my god (laughs) our episode's just gonna get longer and longer i'm terrified of that do we have anything else what what are we covering next yes (laughs) um (laughs) the the sheepish laughter coming from me i'm terrified anyway (laughs) next 
we're gonna be doing Mob Psycho 100, which I have been obsessed with very recently. Um, if anyone listening to this actually came from my YouTube channel, they know I've talked about um, Mob Psycho 100 maybe like five times already in a few videos. Um, so, oh my god, it's your brain, Rob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> considering all of the media that I have um, put on the table for this has been like years in the making, so I have so much to say about it. It's just been like overflowing this entire time. Um, I'm, I'm keeping that trend. Um, Mob Psycho 100 is just like so special to me <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for many, many reasons. And um, considering you're going to be watching it on dub... Um, while you're doing homework, I'm assuming. I, I, we'll see, we'll if you see. Have, you have the time, you yeah. want to do, watch it in Japanese, that's fine. After your 24-hour, um, coma, after finals, <laughs> you can talk to me then. <laughs> yes. After the hibernation that's occurring <laughs> me, after I fucking yeah. figure out how to use this fucking software. <laughs> Calm down, Bells. <laughs> you got this. You got this. I got this. It's mine. Okay. Thank you for shopping. At Brimstone Valley Mall. <laughs> At Brimstone Valley Mall. <laughs> See you when the next season comes out. There might be a part two to this when the season comes out. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. No, you're not... You're. It's not a mine. What you just heard was a talk from the Secret Treehouse. Those were your hosts, SJ and Gab. And this was a production by The Playground. If you like that, please consider supporting us through the links found in the show notes. If you support us for as low as $6 in coffee, you can get the whole uncut version of this episode. And if you want your name at the end of the episode, like at this moment here, you can support us for $10. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope we get to hang out again.